and say that you will notice that um, we've all got microphones. Uh, that is because the council have decided in their wisdom that they used to record council meetings and uh, planning meetings and policy uh, meetings, planning policy meetings. They've now decided to uh, actually include the licensing and environmental health, which I'm not unhappy about. Uh, so it does mean to say that you are going to be recorded to what you say tonight. I would be grateful if you could use your microphones. And how you do that is you just... And a little red light should come on. Yeah. And when you've finished, press it again. Yeah. Press it again. And your little red light goes off. Sometimes it doesn't always work. So but that, that's strictly how it should speak. Um, but that's, that's what we are doing tonight. So um, uh, welcome to you all. Uh, first of all, I would like to say that um, we have three speakers this evening. And you, young sir, on the end, would you mind saying who you are? Uh, I'm Ashley Mahari from 24-7. Right. And obviously next to you... And next to you is... And next to you is... Now, do you want us to go round the room... Uh, Mr Mahoney, so that your young gentleman knows who everybody is? Um, yeah, you can. Would you like to do that? If you start, Jim. Robert Chambers, Chairman from God's Little Acre. That's got you. <laughs> That goes back many years. Mr uh, Councillor Foley will tell you that, many, many years. Elizabeth Smith, Solicitor Litigation and Planning. Amanda Turner, Licensing Team Leader. Tony Cobden, Environmental Health Manager, Commercial. Uh, so I'm Oliver Rawlings, I'm Service Manager of Licensing Enforcement at East Hearts Council and I work as a licensing consultant for UDC. Uh, I'm Marcus Watts, I'm the Manager of the Environment Health Protection side of things. So we deal primarily with enforcement matters. I'm going to ask um, the, the three speakers if, uh, which one uh, would like to speak first. Uh, Mr Drinkwater. Um, you have 15 minutes. I will give you a little extra time, but I do mean a little extra time because otherwise if I go ahead with much longer, then it will cause a precedent. Uh, a, I won't be very popular with the other members. That, that's no different, but uh, nevertheless, uh, that we wouldn't want to go on too long because it wouldn't be fair to other people. But if I could ask you if you'd like to speak first, then, Mr Drinkwater. Thank you. It's a mobile beast. Good evening, uh, Chairman, members and officers. Um, we've been through an eight-week consultation process and I'd like to put on record our thanks to officers for the informal forums to clarify 
and amplify the proposals uh, by working in partnership on them um, and, and on other matters as well. Of the ten responses to the consultation uh, diligently dealt with by Mr Rawlings um, and his colleague officers, his, your council officers, those from the trade are all familiar as they were uh, submitted by individuals, um, most of whom, if not all of whom, were our Yolanda members. So we, we, we and, and they sent us a copy of them, which is how we know, even though some of the responses were anonymised. So friends of the Yolanda family, as well as the Yolanda family itself, are the source of many of those. Uh, and, of course, there were some expert external uh, sources as well. There is some way to go, Mr Chairman, before we see a new Green Book. Um, at least we suspect that there is some way to go, because at the moment we have a set of proposals uh, which only address certain matters, the most important matters, as you've regularly said to us. Um, the... The need, of course, and again I think you used the words at the beginning, is for a less wordy or maybe a less weighty set of, of policies. And of course we, we commend Mr Rawlings for having produced a, a very full set uh, during uh, the process uh, of his work. Um, and, and you members uh, kindly approved that these policies should go out to consultation uh, with the trade and the public on the 29th. Of November. Let me move on, if I may, to uh, one of these other matters uh, which continue to be a cause of major concern to operators with schools contracts, which the lead licensing officer uh, has kindly included in informal forums with, with your approval, Mr Chairman, when you've been present as well. These concerns have surfaced during discussions about the proposed training for drivers. Can I refer you to paragraph 67 to 71 of your report? Now, you, you, you're, you're going to have a set of page numbers, but I guess on your electronic version, which we, uh, we haven't necessarily got. Do, would, you, would you know where, where the, those would be? These deal with. Forgive me. Forgive me. Hang on just a second, uh, Mr. Cobden. Have you um, and Mr. Rawlings? Are you on the same page as we are? Page 13. Yes. Thank you. Sorry about it, Mr. Drinkwater. Not just at all. Not at all. Forgive me for being clumsy. Um, uh, the, 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 the said paragraphs uh, 
deal with restricted driver's licences for school transport services. The lead licensing officer has, has said that he's approaching this matter, he's continuing to approach this matter, on the basis of, and I quote from an email that he, he sent me in the last 10 days, what is achievable rather than what is not. And he is prepared to meet with us um, if we have anything new to share on the, quote, legality of such restricted licences. With this in mind, we instructed James Button, author of UDC's draft suitability policy, to give us his expert opinion. Um, and his statement has been received in the last 24 hours, and Chairman, I've given you a, a set to distribute, if you, if you kindly would do, to your colleagues. Um, and and uh, there, are, there is a sufficient number for members and officers to, to, have, to have one each. It, it would be nice, as has happened on a previous occasion, if you'd kindly uh, let um, everybody uh, a little time to have a look at the, uh, at the content. It's only a two-page document. Um, sorry, it's a three-page document. Um, including two pages uh, about the legislation and conditions applicable to Reading. Uh, but the, the sheet of, um, that James Button sent us is, the statement that James Button sent us is, is, but, is but two pages. Um, and as I say, it, it, would, it would be helpful if... Uh, your colleagues could familiarise themselves with, with that uh, set of, um, of notes that, uh, that, uh, that we've had. Um, I think the... Uh, time is, is ripe. Uh, for me to hand over to Andy Mahoney, if I may. Thank you, Barry. Good evening, Chairman, members and officers. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd like to um, ex express my grave concern on, on some of where we are. Um, I think that Oliver's done a great job with what, what he's done. I think the timing is, is, is wrong or to, to a certain extent on some of it. But uh, sometimes we need to do things that we're told can't be done. This evening may be one of those times. Much of the new licensing policy proposals we agree with, however some we don't. We, 24-7, are passionate about what we do. We operate the airport concession. It's the largest private hire operation in Uttlesford. Our special needs school business, 24-7, transports just over 4,500 vulnerable children. We lead the field in this country. We lead it because we continuously improve on what we're doing. We listen to industry specialists and work closely with all stakeholders. We have real concerns that the new policy as proposed 
whilst being fined for hackney carriage and many private hire drivers, will not enhance the safeguarding of all passengers. In fact, it will have an adverse effect and will put vulnerable people at greater risk. This has been my stance right the way through and it continues to be so. There will also be a negative effect on employment within Uttlesford. One size does not fit all. Schools are a special case and need to be treated as such. Roz stated in one of our meetings that her grandchildren should be afforded the highest safeguarding possible. Nothing less is acceptable. She's quite right. Training must be specific to the industry. In Uttlesford, over 1,000 drivers are dedicated to working solely on school, licensed drivers that is, on school work. Many work with challenging, very challenging, special needs children. At 24-7, we employ 62 full-time staff to ensure the quality of the operation. And we employ 1,977 part-time staff. We contribute £45 million a year to the economy. Much of that is local. Schools are a special industry and should be treated as such. School drivers should be trained to keep vulnerable children safe. We need a schools licence with schools training keeping Uttlesford at the top end of safeguarding. If we overburden part-time school drivers with training not tailored to their industry, it will make recruitment less attractive. This will lead to even more driver shortages being compromised. It happened before it was on the scene. Heard from James Button regarding school licences. I urge you to look at the merits of these. There is no legal reason for not doing this, and some councils have seen the merits and are leading the way. Uttlesford school operators, not just us, lead the field. We need the backing of our council to do this and improve safeguarding throughout the country. Malcolm Reeve who is an expert and a national SEND leader with the Department of Education, backs this up in his response. You have that response. James Button, an expert and the country's leading private hire lawyer, says, with suitable safeguards, not only can public safety be protected, but the service to vulnerable children across significant sectors of England and Wales can actually be improved by UDC deciding to issue school transport private hire licences can actually improve it across the country. Licensing is here to safeguard the public at large and particularly the vulnerable. Uttlesford are currently failing in this and I'll set out why that is. The service levels operators receive is paramount for safeguarding. Licensing team do their best by the way. We need a good service so we can provide a good service. If we don't get it, we can't provide it. There can be no excuse for being under-resourced. Budgets don't come into licensing standards. The department costs are ring-fenced under legislation. You spend the money, we have to pay it. That's the way it is, the way it should be. I plead with you to suspend this action. Do the right thing and protect the public and over 4,500 vulnerable school children and concentrate on licensing drivers and vehicles. Let the new national guidance that will be here, as Chris Grayling has said, before the summer recess come to bear. 
Let's not have two policy changes this year. Doesn't make sense. Not to me, it doesn't. As for 24-7 Limited, we, are, we, the company, are in difficulty. And I think there's difficulties within Uttlesford. Uttlesford licensing staff are under extreme pressure. Their welfare and their mental health could be at risk. It's very, very worthwhile asking the staff. Uber are ready and waiting at the airport in great numbers, exploiting the shortage in Uttlesford driver numbers. The collapse of the largest special needs school operator in the country could not be far away. Really, really serious. 24-7 will at this rate cease to exist. We can't afford to be 60 drivers short. We've got SLAs, service level agreements, and it's impossible for us to meet them, being 60 drivers short. We we can't afford to keep subcontracting in, paying crazy money to send people miles and miles and miles to operate school contracts, hundreds of thousands of pounds it has cost us. We also can't afford to have 137 new vehicles, £3,175,000 worth of vehicles parked up. Great big field, North Weald, any time you drive down the motorway, you'll see them. They've been parked up for months and months and months. Hundreds of them. We struggle to get right-to-work checks. An email yesterday stated over 30 days for the check, a right-to-work check. That's something that we as British citizens still need, and we can't have a right-to-work check. Up to 28 days later to get the licence. Don't forget, before the right-to-work check, we need to get a DBS. That DBS is out of date by the time the right of work check comes in. You can't licence them on it. It's out of date under your own rules. People can't afford to wait for three months to get a driver's licence. We've got 68 drivers waiting to be licensed. That alone could finish us. 24-7 will not have a business if this continues. We will not survive. That's terrible, isn't it? We won't survive. We ask that you ensure that this doesn't happen. We've always made good profits, by the way. Always made good profits. Never, ever have we not made a very good profit. We might not survive this. Why not concentrate on the current fire and let the new national guidelines come out this summer before changing the licensing policy? Why not? use all the staff available to licensing to produce licences. You know, that, that's such a fundamental thing. There is the safeguard in producing licences. Let's have licensed drivers, licensed vehicles, because people will drive unlicensed cars and unlicensed people will drive. Let's have a restricted schools licence and ensure dedicated school drivers are trained in what they need. A quote from James Button, the leading country's leading private hire lawyer. With suitable safeguards, not only can public safety be protected, but the service to extremely vulnerable children across significant sectors of England and Wales can actually be improved by UDC, deciding to issue private hire driver's licences. That's from Jay's button. And just a, some bullet points, I'll make it quick. 62 full-time school staff. 1,977 part-time school drivers, staff, 
130 airport drivers, 14 airport staff, 4,500 vulnerable children, 45 million to the economy, much of it local, 137 vehicles parked up at North Weald, you can see them, £3,175,000 worth. Only 14 plates, 14 licence plates last week. No new plates so far this week. 68 staff waiting to be licensed, three badges in a week. 1,000 Uttlesford school drivers or drivers with, license, with badges are out there doing schools only. We need a schools only licence. Please think about what 24-7 does. Do not lose it. School drivers aren't taxi drivers. They're not private hire drivers. They are dedicated school drivers. Please help us. Please get some licences out. Please give the licensing team, the staff, that Ros said three months ago you was recruiting, haven't even been interviewed. Please give them the staff. Please stop them collapsing. Your people will collapse. My business will collapse. Lots of vulnerable people will be left even more vulnerable. I've said it time and time again to, 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 to people. Now we are at a desperate, desperate stake. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Thank you. As you heard, Chairman, good evening to you all. That was a very impassioned uh, address to you from one of the major people in this area. Chairman, councillors, getting back to the actual agenda, which is the policies. As chair of both licensing and housing in the past, I still speak with some authority. I've always been proud of the forward-thinking and supportive nature of this council, which history confirms. I used to use the terms like working in partnership, best practice, information, education and compliance, which is what we have on our literature today. The bundle before you today is long and exhaustive and bears tribute to that working in partnership. It also bears tribute to the officers and Ulodda meeting together to work towards best practice. And with this in mind, the amendments which have been made, albeit it has been a quick win, everybody is of the same mind and it's great to see. I cannot stress enough the process by which Ulodda is the voice of the trade and embraces the need of the whole trade by working in partnership. The papers do give a six-month period of development and a new green book, Bible for Drivers, and CCTV remain some of the critical issues. Safeguarding is also a key issue along with training and that some members of the trade have already established procedures far in excess of any standard that the council will be prepared to adopt. Training is also another important issue and James Button, who is a well-reputed councillor as you know, whose suggestions have been taken on board by central government regard to policy, i.e. fitness and propriety, which does not appear and is missing from your papers. Once again, I still thank officers for writing to Essex County Council on this very subject. 
It is in my mind that a lot, you lot and the trade that working together in partnership is essential to achieve an acceptable standard to all involved and must form part of a discussion in the next six months. And it would, as history has proven, perhaps, to be a time to return to a walk, working party of officers and trade representatives. It should be noted that it was accepted previously that an introduction to internet interviews as undertaken in courts and prisons can and was used in licensing to cut down these unnecessary delays we are experiencing. This causes so many problems, not only to the council, but to the trade. The police and many other organisations have for many years undertaken training via the internet, which is the most efficient way to get information to a widest area quickly and a test at the end will ensure that a standard of knowledge is achieved. I'm nearly finished. I appreciate that you are dealing with a consultation in your papers, but I strongly believe that the Council and the Trade have reached a point at this moment which is best. But the next six months is going to be crucial. A new review will, or will definitely be enforced by emerging government policy, and we don't need a second review. I did want the Council to look very closely at the Reading model, as to what can be achieved. Re-restricted licensing for schools. I wish I didn't have to say this, but the law is an ass and is open to interpretation on a daily basis. And that as no challenge has been made to date in law, this shouldn't be a reason to introduce negativity, which is why restricted license should be considered. Paragraph, sorry, page 16, paragraph 96 of your bundle talks about the 2nd of April 19. Can you please explain the process as to what happens next? Re others that may be involved, i.e. Cabinet. And very lastly, it was very disappointing to have a conversation with a housing officer recently when speaking about legal issues involving children who said, and I quote, I didn't know we had a safeguarding officer. Where are we going wrong? Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry, I didn't turn my microphone on then. That isn't working, is it? It's the recording. So. <laughs> <coughs> um, uh, right, have we any um, declarations of interest? Don't think so. In which case, I'm going to ask Mr Ferguson if he can just take round these copies of Mr Button.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
I hope I'm, I'm not being rude to you. I don't wish to be doing that. But I understand all the, the sorts of things Mr Mahoney is saying. But Mr Mahoney's business is a big business in Uttlesford. No question about that. But we here, are, we have to look at the one-man band, as I've said many times before, the same as if you've got 1,600 or whatever it is. We are not here to discuss your business as such. We are here to, I hope, try and make sure that we go from a bare statutory minimum that we have now to best practice. Not gold-plated, but better than it is now and safer for the public. Thank you, Mr Rawlings. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, the first point that I'd like to make this evening is that we have taken into consideration the EFT draft, which is being consulted on at the moment, and all of the policies that are in place here, they don't disagree with that guide coming to effect in the wording that it's in. Uh, we've also looked at their government response to the task and finish group, which ultimately says that at some point in the future, when the government have time, they will look to introduce primary legislation because it's desperately needed uh, in taxi legislation because it's very old, as we all know. Um, that's not a reason for this authority not to move towards best practice now because particularly with things like Brexit, we have no idea if and when that's actually going to happen. So as requested, Chair, um, I'll run through the report, our proposals and how we've made any amendments following the trade consultation and... Uh, our conversations with Yolanda. So the, the first is for a new driver and training and testing regime. Um, having considered all the responses, officers have proposed no amendments to the documents that were put before committee and put out for consultation on the 27th of November 2018, and they are detailed at Appendix L of the report. Um, we've looked closely at proposed implementation dates for all of these proposals. So the suggestion would be, subject to political approval at full council and obviously by committee tonight, the course would be introduced within six months of political approval. Uh, the second proposal was for an update course for existing drivers. Again, having considered all of the responses to the consultation, officers proposed no amendments to the proposal that was originally put forward. Um, at this point, I'd like to note that at paragraph 90 of the report, it references the content of the new driver training as being Appendix K, but for those that have read the report, it's, it's clearly Appendix L, so it's just a typographical error. The proposed implementation date for the update course would be within 12 months of political approval. Uh, the next point is the suitability policy for Hackney Carriage and the private hire trade. Following consideration of the consultation responses, the suitability policy has been amended to remove several pages of background information that were originally included. This is in uh, direct response to James Button's comments. This has shortened the document to 10 pages without changing its effect. Uh, the proposed implementation date for the suitability policy would be the 1st of May 2019. The next proposal was to introduce a driving proficiency test for all new driver licence applicants and a similar test for those existing drivers whose driving ability are coming to question. This is closely linked to the suitability policy. Uh, however, the proposed requirement that applicants should be aged at least 21 years of age has been removed from the policy. 
If members decide not to endorse the recommendation regarding the driving proficiency test, then paragraph 2.23 of the suitability policy would need to be removed as that directly references the test. Again, the proposed implementation date would be the 1st of June 2019. The next proposal was for a vehicle age and emissions policy. Following the trade consultation, uh, we have removed all reference to vehicle age from the policy, so it would now be an emissions policy. Uh, the implementation dates that were originally consulted on, uh, we've agreed to move those back a year to give the trade more time to prepare for the changes. Um, the removal of the, the age criteria would mean that the existing age criteria would run until the emissions part of the policy comes in, and the proposal for that would be it would start on the 1st of April 2020. Uh, the next proposal was changes to the licensing standards for vehicles. Uh, having considered all of the responses, three amendments have been made to this document. Uh, the addition of E7 vehicles as a type of vehicle that will be licensed by the authority. The removal of the minimum engine power output figure that was suggested and the removal of any sort of engine capacity limit. The addition of further qualification of the reasons for not licensing left-hand drive vehicles. The proposed implementation date would be the 1st of May 2019. Next is vehicle licence conditions. Having considered all of the responses, there is no proposal to amend those conditions as they were consulted upon, and the implementation date would be from the 1st of May 2019. Uh, changes were made to the driver conditions following um, consultation with the trade. So the two changes are removal of the reference to shorts, clothing deemed unacceptable, and the rework. Condition 21 to reflect that drivers should take the shortest route to a given destination unless otherwise agreed. Final proposal regarded conditions to be placed on operators' licences, and a number of amendments have been made to these following the consultation. The first is that there's a revised wording of Condition 2C to make it clear that it's not an exhaustive list of how bookings can be taken. This is to allow changes in technology to be made without the need to amend the policy in any way. Uh, there's a revised wording for Condition 3, changing the period at which records must be produced when requested by the authority. The original suggestion was 12 hours, uh, but that's been changed to 24 hours. There's revised wording to Condition 11, the word employees being replaced with all persons so that it now applies to anybody who can access the bookings of an operator. Uh, the fourth change involved the removal of conditions in 11 and 12, which required operators to provide information on a quarterly basis. Uh, in addition to that, conditions 10 and 13 were amended um, so that they're not required to provide the information quarterly, but they are reminded that they would be having to produce it if it was requested. Uh, those conditions proposed to come into effect on the 1st of May 2019, Chair. I'm happy to try and answer any questions members may have.
lot of time on thank you, Mrs. Smith. A lot of time on on one item, um, but nevertheless, that's not the point. That's that's what the trade wanted to do, and that was fair enough. So, I would like to thank you all very much for all your hard work. Before I forget to say that, members, questions to Mr. Rawlings. Um, Appendix P, page 121. I had a happy five minutes trying to work out what an E7 was. I thought it was a type of class of vehicle, like a B or a C or a D, or it's a type of license that turns out to be a moped. I thought it was an emissions standard. I assume you mean it's a Peugeot E7 taxi. It's a Peugeot version of uh, like a black cab, so it's a specific vehicle for doing the work. Not just Peugeot. Could you clarify that E7 is a type? Because I couldn't find it. I googled it and all I came across was Peugeot. The type, I believe, is M1 and that covers the London-style Hackney carriage and these, style, these styles of vehicle that have been specially modified to do this work. So Peugeot do and other manufacturers do release this type of vehicle. So the type of a Gives a description being expanded. Just Don't mind me. Look, looking it up, I will expand it. No, no, I mean, can we correct this so we, we specify what, in the document, what an E7 is? Because, uh, you know. Yes, I, because I thought you were just talking, you, were, you mentioned a smart car. So I thought, ah, is this the Peugeot E7, which is in all the, the bits, but obviously it is a type as well as a. Councillor Foley, I don't know if this is the, the if this is the time or directing directly to you. What concerns me is the two policy changes within months, with the new um, policy coming through later. Have you got any? I didn't hear you make a. We didn't make any comments about that on the report, which was brought up um, by 24/7 about the legislation. Uh, and have I got this right? Will we be? Will will things be changing within months of this? Right. Perhaps Maybe I, I just need a. Perhaps I could just answer that to you. That there are certain things in here, which, if you listen to Mr. Rawlings and you read in your papers, that are going to be, if it's approved, will be implemented on the 1st of May. Yes. But there are lots of things which won't actually be implemented within 6 to 12 months. Now, if you listen to also what Uloda was saying, they said how important the next six months would be. And thank you, Mr Perry, that's very good of you. The next six months are very important, and it is important to realise that I'm sure the officers would agree with me that over the next six months, meeting with the trade will be very important because if there are certain things that we find can be done better, we will look at it. We're not closing the door. We're not slamming the door altogether. We're actually leaving the door ajar a little so that if anything, anything or any things come out of it, we can adjust the policy. I hope I'm right in saying that, Mr Cobden. If I may, uh, Chair. Also, I'm not sure, Councillor, if you're going to this
trade. Um, there is no conflict, as Mr. Rawlings is Are you happy with that? Well, happy is the wrong word. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm content with the answer. I just wondered, is, that, is the trade content with the answer on that? No, that's not part of what okay. we are discussing tonight. We, so the that trade I have, understand the, the, have had the, the opportunity yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and that will be ongoing, uh, Councillor Foley. It won't just stop. No. You can Whatever what we do, it I won't. can completely understand the concerns coming from an important employer in the area. No, no, I'm just by the way. Mr Rawlings, did you wish to add if I, if I could just put the point slightly. Government um, have issued a response to a task and finish group that looked at all the taxi yeah. a certain number of recommendations. The recommendation and proposals that might be Some of it is quite a long way from where we are now, but doesn't relate to this. Equally, we, we've waited for new draft guidance since 2010. Yes. It's taken that as I, as I said at the start, they're saying we'd really like to do something. We'd really like to do some primary legislation when time permits. So there, there, there literally is no time scale on it. So if one of the proposals in it is national minimum standards, if they impose those, we would have to adopt them. So. What we, what we suspect is that the level that we're setting now is around where those minimums are, so it's not, not a million miles away from it. The guidance recommends um, how to look at convictions, draft guidance. That exactly matches what's in the, the suitability policy. Yeah. It's, it's, there's always but looking at the current circumstances, and how long it's taken them to do anything with the primary legislation for taxi licensing, it's highly unlikely it's going to be any time soon. I can't, I can't even try and put a figure on it. I think if I'm... Mr Chair, if I may add... Of course, could you turn, could you turn your microphone off, Councillor Foley? I do. No, thank you. I'm really speaking on the time scales. I think that's really quite important to us because purpose of the review we've undertaken is to identify the gap that exists within the current licensing system as relates to public safety. Now if we were to government comes in we would have an old system in place with those vulnerabilities still intact the system we're proposing. I think that's quite an important point to make. Councillor Buck. Specifically talking about the policy tonight. In the consultation, there's a lot of reference to
You hadn't got it turned on when you were speaking. Good. <laughs> Did you wish to reply to that, Mr Rawlings? We, we're in a different name because there's only one. That's if it was because of panics, arsons, and there's schools, contract life. So it was made clear. Mr. Watts, did you wish to say anything on the emissions? Um Not really. We've taken into account what um, the trade and representatives mentioned. Um, the, the restrictions don't come in until 2020, and that's for the minimum Euro, Euro 5 restrictions. Euro 5 would have been in place since September 2011. So we're looking at vehicles that are eight, nine years old. We don't think it's unreasonable. It's, they're more relaxed standards than most cities uh, at the minute that most cities are turning to a lot more stringent standards. That's to uh, reflect the rural nature of our district. Um, but on the whole, there's not been too many objections to that. Mr Cobden, do you wish to say anything? Uh... In relation to... I think it's important to just mention, isn't it? It's not this isn't policy either, but with regard to resources, um, because I think that's important. That you know, it's not just left to one side. It's something is being done. So I would like you to. Yes, um, we are not unaware, or indeed unsympathetic, to the situation the trade finds himself in. Um, and we are equally aware of the pressure from the volume of work that's being created for our staff. To give you some sort of background on this, perhaps, is in July 2018, we had one team leader with the licensing team and four officers who were processing. One of those officers went on maternity at that point. We replaced the officer and added an additional full-time officer resource to that. So we, we ended up with one more, plus supplemented it with additional sort of temporary staff. Current situation find ourselves in. As of Tuesday, Mrs. Turner helpfully updated the my Tuesday figures. We had 157 vehicle renewals outstanding with 92 new vehicle applications. We had 30 to 40 new drivers and 10 driver renewals. To deal with that with some degree of immediacy, what we have put in place is to support with time from across the team and extending to the wider council workforce as necessary to try and address this for the team with which is essential because working with us full time for eleven days from the first of April over the Easter period. And as if the policy Tonight, the next phase we enter into is the restructuring of the licensing team, which is all. So we'll bring that
Thank you, Chair. Um, having looked at the report and obviously listened to everyone this evening, I think there is this one certain issue where there is clear disparity between officers and um, the trade. And that's clearly the restricted driver's licenses for school transport services issue. Um, having obviously read the report that has been given to us this evening that I believe came through to Barry this afternoon um, from Jason Bu James Button, sorry, Jason Button, he's a driver, isn't he? Yes. Um, I just want to, I just feel a little uncomfortable, I have to say, with the strength of I, un I, understand, I understand that. Um, I I'm going to ask, uh, hopefully, members, you've looked at the um, Mr. Drinkwater's letter from James Button that he put around. But I'm going to ask Mrs. Smith if she will just um, give some information that we have, which I felt very strongly about. Hang on a minute, Mrs. Smith. Yes, sir. Just to clarify, um, you have retained Mr. Button as your solicitor, that there is a instruction client solicitor relationship between you. Right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, we have taken external advice ourselves from leading <coughs> counsel. In other words, we've uh, taken advice from a Queen's counsel, and this gentleman is very senior, and he too is a published author of a book on licensing. Uh, it's Mr. Colvin QC. We took his advice specifically on the issue of limited licenses and in particular schools uh, contra contract licensing. I will very briefly give you Mr. Colvin's conclusions and then I will give you a few quotations from his advice. His conclusion is in three parts. Firstly, he says that yes, a licensing authority could issue a driver's license with a condition restricting it to certain types of use. However, an authority is not compelled to do this and he also is of opinion that our policy reasons for not wishing to do this are sound and are certainly not irrational. They are therefore Wensbury reasonable. He also then goes on to say that if a challenge to the policy is brought on the basis that UDC should make special provision for schools, then he takes the view that such a challenge would have at best negligible prospects of success. Those are his conclusions and I will give you a number of other points. 
and this is something that concerns us greatly. Vehicles are often driven far from the home licensing area and it would be difficult to enforce against a driver who was using a restricted license for a wider purpose. From the consumer's point of view, they would not understand the difference between a private hire license and a license restricted to school runs. Again, and this is our real concern and I quote it would be very easy for a licensed driver driving some way from Uttlesford to use the license in breach of a condition and take fares which did not involve transportation of children who would find out and how it is far better that the standard is set and then applied in a uniform way a driver who wishes to find an authority with lower standards has the option to forum shop. That, I am afraid, is what this authority does not want. We have no quarrel with reputable operators currently carrying on in business, carrying on business in this area. What we are concerned about is unscrupulous persons from, for example, Sheffield, who apply here for the Trinity of Licenses, who do not intend to work in this area, but instead want to secure access to children in a location far out of the reach of any enforcement resource we may have. It is unlawful for us to refuse licenses purely because the applicants do not intend to carry on business in Uttlesford. That is our primary concern, the roving PHV operator, and that is why we are reluctant in the extreme, quite apart from any employment law and other issues, to issue restricted and limited licenses. We do not therefore propose to issue a limited or conditional license that would that would allow people to transport passengers. The restricted license we currently issue to vehicle technicians does not allow them to drive passengers. They do not have access to a licensed vehicle and it's quite possible that they that the majority of them don't even have access to a licensed vehicle. We have given this question considerable anxious consideration and our position remains that we will only grant a license to those who meet an objectively assessed minimum standard of training. We appreciate some operators do do more and we are glad that they do, but the one-man band must be as trained and competent as 
the organization that, oper that employs 1,500. Thank you, Mrs. Smith. Do you, do you want to add anything to that, Mr. Cobden? I don't believe I can. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think that, was, that sums up as a short. Councillor Morris, does that allay some of your concerns? Can, can, I, can, can I just say to you that I think um, this is quite a complex subject. We do realise what, uh, in particular, Mr. Mahoney is saying. No good. Shaking your head, young man, at the end there, because uh, we do understand mostly what he's doing. What we are trying to do is, as always, is the protection of the public, which is the most important thing. But, and I think Mr Cobden, and I hope Mr Cobden will agree with you, there again, we have not completely shut the door. We will continue to review it. Is that right, Mr Cobden? Yes, I will come in if you don't mind, Chair. Um, yes, that, that is correct. Um, I would be very keen when voting today. I, I don't want to get sort of too locked into the whole process and confusing because the restricted licences is not part of the proposals before you today. That is something that's come in from the trade and something that we have included within the discussion. licenses at the time is because we have one size fits all. What we do for one, we have to do for others. So we recognise that Mr Mahoney's company is an extremely and he strives to the highest possible standards that he can. But we can't have a licensing regime that says we'll do this. If we have any more questions. Excuse me, Chairman, is that we have whatever employer having three, over three million pounds worth of assets tied up in a car park. Uh, you know, being, being, being there and not used, and I know the damage that that can do of any uh, unused assets to any uh, uh, company. And, and I can, I can understand. Yeah.
Um, mentioned just uh, before the delays because of staffing issues and, and the measures that we put in to help that. Is there anything else we can do? Because that seems to be a factor more. I can answer that. Not at the moment, because we have got to put the policy in place first before we start to restructure. Am I right, Mr Cobbed? That is, is correct, but that's only for the two additional. There are things that we are putting in place and there are things that we're looking at. But I would respectfully remind members that the purpose of the licensing regime, while we will always have regard to supporting our businesses, is not to support our businesses. It is to protect public safety. So if we ever found ourselves in a situation where we were compromising that as our primary purpose and we were sort of looking to, to put a business forward, if you were to have a Rotherham type situation, our defence would, would just not stand. Councillor Gordon. Thank you, Chair. Um, myself and some other members of this committee do actually belong to performance and audit. And we have listened very carefully to what you say. So performance and audit might well be a place where we can raise some of your concerns. I just thought I'd mention that because uh, we can only deal with what we can deal with tonight. So do I find a seconder for my uh, proposal? 